Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So hey everybody, welcome to episode 37 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell, I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined by my host, co-host uh, Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. Hi there. And I'm also joined by Mark Rubin in San Jose, California. Hello. And Jaime unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight, so we're going to say... How's it going? We'll feel sad. Um, so Mark, is there anything new and exciting you wanted to talk about that you might have you know, experienced in the last couple of days or so? Uh, there's this, uh, new piece of jewelry thing that I've been hearing about. Really? Yeah. What's that? I don't know. It's this, you know, it's, it's this thing you put on your wrist. Uh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Uh. You guys are playing coy, right? <laughs> Actually, I'm the only one on the call who doesn't have one of these fancy new things. So maybe you guys wow. should talk wow. about this more than me. <laughs> maybe you should talk to your buddy Tim about getting one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, his other buddy, Tim. Oh, I thought, yeah. Yeah, the other buddy, Tim. Had me fooled there for a minute. I'll bet. Um, Mark, is is it coming in June? Is is Am I remembering right? I actually haven't ordered one yet. Oh, you haven't ordered? Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, my good Lord. I'm ashamed. So what's going on? Talk to me. Talk to me. Let me me help you with this one, Mark. Dr. Rubin. No particular reason. Dr. Rubin is now the patient. I just haven't uh, haven't, uh, made the... uh, the call, yeah, that's all. The plunge, yeah, the plunge. No, no real reason. Well, let's go back a few weeks because um, we went around the table at one point and then d- decided which which phone uh, phones, watches we were going to buy, and you were you were all up in that business. Uh, mm-hmm. You you seemed genuinely excited about it, yep. about using it for Apple Pay, yep. as I recall. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, what happened? Did did <laughs> did you get turned off by something? No, absolutely not. I've just been busy doing other stuff. I mean, there really is no. There's nothing behind this. It's it's just uh, uh, too many other distractions going on. That's all. I think he yeah. doth protest too much. No, no. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. So back. Aaron, let's <laughs> let's let's have it. What do, what do you think about the Apple Watch? Oh, okay. So I've had it now for five days, 
and yeah. uh, it arrived on Friday afternoon, and uh, I've been wearing it ever since, uh, mm-hmm. barring nighttime, of course, when you know the damn thing has to charge. Right. Um, I've over the last five days while I've been wearing it, I've been thinking about talking about it on this show and putting together some notes to sort of highlight the the highs and the lows mm-hmm. of the Apple Watch. Um, I think one of the biggest questions we had coming into this new era of wearable computing from Apple is, uh, what the hell is the damn thing for? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure yet that I have a definitive answer at this point, but I'm a lot closer to it, I think. And the, the experience I've had wearing the watch has been, overall, very positive. Um, now that I look at my notes, though, and I've, uh, while we were leading up to the show here, I was, I was arranging them into groups of positive and negative. Right. And this is going to shock you to learn, but the negative list is longer than the positive list. Wow. Uh, it's, it's got a few more points in it than the positive <laughs> does. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's too bad. But um, having said that, and, and barring what I'm about to say, um, I, I am very pleased with it, and I think it's a wonderful piece of technology, and I'm delighted to have it on my wrist. So mm-hmm. um, if, if I may regale you for an hour or so, Tim, uh, mm-hmm. I would like to go through the details of what the ups and downs of this thing are. Sure. All right. Here we go. This would be where you take a sponsor break, right? <laughs> We're sponsored by nobody. We're sponsored by Aaron Vay. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, so the... I think one of the, the most common things that you'll see if you're wearing the watch are notifications. Mm-hmm. You'll look at it, you know, and when you tilt it up to your face, you're going to see the time that the clock face comes up. And um, that works very well. Uh, I like the clock faces. And I'll get to that in a bit uh, later on. But notifications are the first thing that sort of gets you into the watch. If you're just about your day, yeah. minding your own business, ding and tap, and now you're looking at your watch. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I think that on the whole, notifications are fantastic, and I really love the haptic engine. Yeah. Um, but the notification thing is not 100% reliable. It's a little shaky. So I might get a ding and a tap, um, and then I'll lift my watch up to look at my the, the clock face, mm-hmm. and it'll be black, you know, and I'm waiting for a notification to come in. And then maybe a few seconds later, it'll it'll come up. But I think one of the things I found was that I really, like, it's not enough to just um, get the ding and the tap and then look at your wrist. Like, if you want to look at the time, you have to lift the watch to your face right. to get the watch to come on in order to show that notification. Mm. Which is a slight, you know, uh, weird thing that I don't think is going to be clear to anyone who's just new to using the watch. Right. So, get at the ding, get the tap, lift the watch, and then you'll get the notification. Now... Having said that, notifications don't always come. Um, I'll give you an mm. example. Uh, someone sends me a text message, and, you know, as I normally am, I'll be sitting at my Mac. I'll have my iPhone in my pocket. I'll have an iPad across the room. Um, uh, the, the message comes in on my iPad, and nothing happens on my wrist. Right. Which is weird. Um, that happened this evening, for example. Uh, I also have the MLB at Bat app installed on my watch, of course, right. and on my phone. On everything, and I've got it set to send notifications on score changes. So the Jays were playing, um, who were those dicks? Uh, Boston tonight. <laughs> Ends up they lost. Um, anyway, um, we Jays scored in the second inning. Mm-hmm. I got notification of that, and then in the top of the third, Boston came back and scored two more, and 
I got no notifications of any of those scores, um, even though I was watching the game and I could see pretty well that that was happening. Um, of course, there's no way for the watch to know that I'm watching the game, right? So um, didn't come in. So later on, um, I don't think I got another notification about that game until it ended about 10 minutes ago. Jay's lost. <laughs> um, but it's inconsistent. You know, the, the notifications come sometimes and sometimes they don't. Um, right, right. And it should be noted that um, in the case of any notification that you receive, barring the fact that that app has a watch extension, mm -hmm. you will get the notifications for it if you've got the setting turned on in your Apple Watch app on your phone. So right. go, to, go to that app, look at the notifications, and um, you can basically turn on getting those notifications mirrored on your watch. You're talking about on the, in the watch app in the watch on the phone? On the phone, yes. Right, okay. Yep. Yeah. So by default, if you if you go into MLB's app and you turn on notifications and you set it up, and MLB's notifications are incredibly fine-grained, mm -hmm. um, you've done it. That's all you need to do is do that on the MLB app and then make sure that notifications are set to pass through to your watch um, in that Apple Watch app. Right. Um, so it may be that the phone is not receiving the notifications in order to pass them on to the watch. Well, I was going to say, because cause when you mentioned that you get a notification on your iPad but not on your phone, I do notice that too as, from time to time because my Mac will ding and then I'll look at my phone and I'll look and I'll wonder why the message didn't come up over there, like with messages specifically. Yes, exactly. You know, that's so a common it could, problem. So it's interesting. I just know, like, I, for those of you who don't know, I, I got my watch today, so I've had like three hours of experience with it. Um uh, but I just noticed I put my phone on Do Not Disturb, and now my watch is on Do Not Disturb, which was which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, and that's that's actually something that's supposed to work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They both go on Do Not Disturb at the same time, which is cool. Um, yeah, the messages thing is is really weird in that in how it works. You know, the promise was that um, a message would go to your watch first, um, it being the most personal device that's certainly with you, and the phone knows that you're wearing it, right? Because yeah. it's active and it's tied to the phone. Right. So there should be no excuse. Like, when I put this watch on, I expect to get every notification that I signed up for on that mm -hmm. watch before mm -hmm. it goes anywhere else. Right. And so I think it's a bug if my iPad goes ding or my Mac goes ding or my phone goes ding while I'm wearing my watch and it says nothing. So mm. I, well, that, that's a bug. Does the iPad connect to the watch? No, only your iPhone, No, right? just the phone. Yeah. So, yeah. Only so the phone. I've seen... When I have a phone and, and my Mac and my iPad all kind of sitting in the same area, uh, the the order that notifications come in to one of the three is, as far as I know, completely random. Sometimes it'll come into the iPad, and then it'll be five seconds later it'll come to the phone, and sometimes it'll go yep, to the Mac agreed. first. So maybe it's just that you're getting it on the iPad first, and the phone hasn't gotten yeah. it yet. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but then it, it doesn't come in at all, you know? Oh. The, the phone... Ne or my watch, at least, never receives it. Hmm. Did you answer it on your iPad? No, no. Hmm. iPad's across the room, yeah. and I'm sitting there looking at the iPad. The screen, you know, lights up. Yeah. There shows the notification for the message, and then goes dark, and I'm going, okay, watch, let's do this thing. Hmm. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, fine. Oh, and I opened up my Mac. I happened to be standing in front of it at the time. Well, hmm. um, well one thing I, w I wonder is if the phone and the, and the watch are always... Uh, Staying, uh, what's the word for it for Bluetooth? Um, not synced, but but if the, connected, if, there, if there's yeah, yeah, uh, or or does if the phone goes to sleep or whatever, does it does it break that connection? Then have to open the connection again. 
in a watch yeah. at random times. Well, it's, when you're when you're at a when you're at a range, for instance, yeah, I've seen the the watch or pe- video of people saying that the it's disconnected or it's lost connection. Right. Yeah. I've, I've never encountered that. My watch, or sorry, my phone, I kind of just going to drive me nuts. The device. The, yes. the, the watch <laughs> is always on my wrist, and my phone is always in my pocket. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a personal area network as far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's been no range issues in that case. But, but you mm-hmm. can imagine for, you know, for battery reasons that they might break the connection every once in a while and then, Absolutely. And then re, you know, renegotiate it when it's needed. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe it's, uh, I don't know, maybe it just can't always make that connection. Maybe that's a, maybe it's a Bluetooth problem. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, with Bluetooth like, being the foundation Maybe it's the tattoos on your yeah. wrist. Maybe you've got your sleeve tattoos going there, Aaron. That's what the problem is. Yeah, yeah I heard about that. Uh, I hope that doesn't become a thing, you know. That'll drive me insane. Um, okay, anyway. Tattoo uh, gate? So yeah. uh, let, me, let me go on. There's a lot to go through here. and <laughs> um, Let me talk a bit about third-party apps. Mm-hmm. Um we, we wondered what that would be like because no developer had uh, had a chance to work on an actual live device before they shipped their apps, you know, except for the ones that got invited to Cupertino, I suppose. Right. Um, and I would say that on the whole, I'm on the whole in general, I don't have any time for any of these apps. Um, they, they are not that great. There are some exceptions. There are some that are better than others, but I think that, Pretty much every app developer who shipped a watch app needs to really sit back and think about what they're doing. Right. Um, so we saw during the reviews when they came out for the watch, we saw that performance was kind of an issue on the device. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we have come right up against the, the sort of twin bugbears uh, in performance on, on this very small device. The fact that it has a very weak processor, uh, given its power requirements, mm-hmm. and and the fact that it has a network connection to your phone. And so it's passing data back and forth with this massive, massive network latency uh, compared to things that happen on the device, of course. So you combine those two, and you end up with apps that are really, on the whole, fairly pokey. And a couple examples, uh, it's not confined to uh, third-party apps. You can open up the weather app, and it's doing a fetch to the network to pull in some uh, information about the weather. Right. Uh, which can take 30 seconds, 45 mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And, uh, and of course, it's, it's everywhere on the third-party app side. Uh, you're waiting for those apps to launch, um, and then you're waiting for them to refresh, uh, to pull mm-hmm. fresh data from the network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go back to MLB, uh, which has a glance. Um, and the glances are supposed to be you know, single sort of billboard-style information displays. That, uh, that show you the latest information. And when I open up a glance uh, on my watch, I'll just sweep up on the clock face and I'll swipe over to that glance. Mm-hmm. And here, it's loading, loading. Last updated, 12, 11 a.m. yesterday. Little spinner's going, spinner's right. going. My watch turned off. I turn it back on by touching it, still loading. Here we go. It's mm-hmm. showing the final score from the Boston-Toronto game. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and that what was the score that came, time. by the way, Aaron? <clears throat> It was it was some other team getting more points than my team. It, <laughs> shut the hell up. <laughs> um, same thing on, like, I swipe back. I've also got Twitterific, which, um, it, to my mind, is probably the best app on the watch. Um, it's it's really good, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still takes a while to load. Lose It, uh, calorie counter app that I'm using to uh, help myself lose weight, 
it shows the number of calories that you are left are allowed to eat for the rest mm-hmm. of this day. Yeah. Um, it takes quite a while to load. Again, it's just there's a lot of waiting, right? Even if you want your heart rate, which is another glance, um, it takes some time to measure it. Although the watch in the background is measuring your heart rate every 10 minutes. Oh, is it? Yeah. So um, it actually says my heart rate 10 minutes ago, or sorry, seven minutes ago was 74 beats a minute, which, you know, I was running around like a crazy man at that point. Hmm. Okay. So you get the idea is that performance is kind of an issue. Um, Now, what are these apps doing? And that's the other issue is that the functionality that they chose to expose on the watch app uh, leaves something to be desired. Um, Slack is a little weird. Uh, Slack is the, the, the group chat application, yeah. uh, which has clients for like every platform, web, iOS. Oh, does it have a, a watch one? Yes, it has a watch app. And so what it does by default is it shows you uh, the groups that you belong to. I'll try to bring it up right now. Mm-hmm. Where did I put the darn thing? No, seriously, where are you? <laughs> I can't find it. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. Little colored hash mark. So I'm waiting for it to load. So now it shows um, I can look at the app replies that I have. So when people have addressed me, these are basically mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I'm waiting for it to load. I'm waiting for it to load. Here it is. I got no unread mentions. And I can DM anybody in my group. Mm-hmm. I can tap on it and then load that one up. And then I can do a force press. I cannot. Uh, yes, I can. If I scroll to the very bottom, I can hit reply. And then I can use either one of the built-in messages or I can dictate. And I'll, I'll talk about dictating too. Um, it's a little wonky. Uh, it's very deep and every page takes some time to load. Mm-hmm. So I think it needs a little more streamlining. Um, Overcast is another one that I've been using. Yeah, that's the podcast listening app from Marco Arment, and all it does basically is act as a remote control for the um, iPhone version that you've got running yes, as well. Right. So yep. um, you load it up, you wait, and then it shows you your uh, the current podcast, and it gives you play controls. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I hit play right now, my iPhone will start up playing that podcast. Um, that that just seems to me like. Why? Why? <laughs> um, and so um, Marco actually went on Twitter the other yesterday or the day before, and he said that as a result of having a watch himself, he's he's doing a total rethink on Overcast for watch. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is uh, a good thing. Right. Yep. So um, the the interaction model with the watch, to my mind, is essentially um, it's it's a way to let me put it this way. It's a way to respond to actions. It's not a way to initiate actions. So, for example, if I want to start a, a message, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'd like to say hi to my dad. Um, I would pull up my phone, go to messages, and send him a text, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that on my watch. It's not a very comfortable place to do that. It's possible, but it's a, it's a clunky interaction. Mm-hmm. In that way, the phone is far superior to the watch. However, if I'm driving and my dad texts me, then it's actually really cool and easy to respond to that message right there while I'm driving. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. But it turns out that the watch is a really amazing thing to have when you're driving. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because you've got got your hands at the 10 and 2 positions on the wheel, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's just bend your wrist and you can see the watch face and the watch... 
the watch gets that that movement you know like it gets you raising your arm to see the watch face but it sure. gets the wrist turn as well when you're holding onto a steering wheel well yeah and it's an interesting thing because you know um you don't want to reach for your phone in that situation because you want to basically have control of the vehicle and and to just be able to turn i mean we've been looking at our watches when we've been driving since forever right you sure. know, and, and it's a natural thing to do. I, 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 you know, I have to say, like what you were saying about notifications earlier, I got a couple of tweets mentioned earlier today, and uh, I'm using the Twitter app on the phone or my on the watch. See, I'm doing it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and it was interesting because I was able to look at the tweet. You know, I didn't want to really respond to them. I just want to say, oh, oh, hey, what's going on? And I do that a lot during the day because I'm trying to stay focused on the task at hand, like whether I'm coding or whatever. Um, you know, and my phone will buzz or whatever. I won't necessarily want to deal with that right away, but I just want to glance over it and have a look, right? So that's kind of interesting. So the fact that you can you can deal with it while you're driving. So are you saying, so what do you do then? Then use Siri to respond or? Yeah, yeah, that's the great thing. Like you can you can use Siri and I, I think that's the, the most amazing part of the watch is being yeah. able to talk to it to get it to do what you want. Yeah. Um, and that applies, uh, you know, you said Siri, but what you meant was text dictation, right? Speech dictation. Um, well, it, to, it, to said respond. Siri, it said Siri to me earlier when I was setting it up. I sort of, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, well, we, we think of Siri as like anything to do with voice on, an, on a device, right? Right, so, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, be that as it may, um, uh, when I get a text and I'm driving, it's a simple matter to just tap reply in the mic and, you know, just speak your response and send it off and, Right. It's really streamlined, you know? Mm-hmm. In that way, I almost prefer responding to texts on my watch than I do on my phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long... Asterisk. Look at the bottom of the page. Asterisk. As long as Siri <laughs> gets what you said correctly. Um, and that's the big sticker. If if she mishears you, you might as well cancel it and just start again. Which right. can be annoying, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you say something like, you know, I'm very disappointed in step counting, and Siri hears, you know, very disappointed in cake building, yeah. then, you know, what's the point? Right, <laughs> you right. can't send that because that would be nonsense. So you have to cancel and either give up on it or you can do it again. You can try it again. Yeah. Well, I've been using Siri hands-free with my, with, when driving uh, for a long time now, using my phone, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're familiar with it, and you know yeah. that's, that, it, that it's way better than it used to be, right? Oh, tons better, yeah, Yes, for sure. For sure. You know, and yeah. you, you, you become a little more experienced at enunciating more clearly when you're speaking to Siri. <laughs> Period, yes. It makes a big difference. If you speak slowly and you separate your words properly, then you're going to have a much better chance of a successful dictation. Right. right. Sure. Yep. Um, and so I think the watch, um, you know, almost enforces that interaction model. It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not something among others. It is the foremost way to interact with your watch. You mm-hmm. get get a notification of a message. You hit reply. You speak your reply, mm-hmm. and you send it. Now there is also the option on the watch, of course, to record your voice and send the recording. Right. This has also existed since iOS eight. Right. Um, I have turned that off on mine because I never want to send a recording of my voice to someone. Um, mm-hmm. I think that puts a lot of onus on the recipient uh, <laughs> to have the freedom to listen to a, a spoken wor- recording of your voice. Um, right. Yeah. For better, for worse. Um, yep. You know, they, they could be sitting in an office, for example. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not going to put that on someone. Mm. Um, yeah, so some of these some of these apps um, need to be rethought. Another one that I don't like very much, uh, Lose It. I mentioned that one. Yeah. Um, although it has a fine glance, it shows you how many calories you have left. 
Um, mm-hmm. One thing, the, the app itself, you know, there's a glance and then there's the app, right? So it's a separate thing. Sure. Um, the app shows you, uh, let me think, it gives you a, a control to mm-hmm. add calories or take them away. Mm-hmm. So you can quickly hit the plus or the minus signs to, to change the number of calories that you've consumed or, or burned. Okay. Um, which is which is a, a totally ham-fisted and useless way because these things have to be categorized, right? Yeah. In the in the iOS app, you you actually select the food that you ate, right? And it yep. it, it shows you the calories or or the exercise that you performed. Mm-hmm. And and so I don't know that anyone would ever you know, you know oh I just ate ten calories and I'm going to push this yeah. plus button ten <laughs> times. What are you mad? And then yeah, the, you're uh, going to put four, four cookies and two hot dogs. And yeah, exactly. exactly. And you're going to wow. put your the food. Yeah, I, I was using it for a while, too. So <laughs> Yeah, okay. So uh, far, you and I, have, we're using the same apps in, in both cases. Oh, uh, right, yeah. yeah. Well, Lose It is a great app. I'm a huge fan. Um, I just don't think their watch app is, is very well thought out. Um, yeah. So mm. I hope they come back. And I, one thing I'd love them to add is uh, is the ability to enter your weight. I mean, that's something that you yeah, that's that's all you are losing for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so you just put your weight in in the morning, um, and it'll show you yesterday's weight. And you can hit the plus or minus signs there to adjust mm-hmm. it because you're not going right. to be going that far off day right. to day. Right. Um, they should totally add that, but it's not there. Um, there's another one. No, that's the, that's the only thing I want to mention for third-party apps. I think they've, they've just got a lot, a lot to do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a friend of the show, Brian Gillum, uh, mm-hmm. created or helped create, at the very least, the Globe and Mail yes. watch app. Yep. And I, of course, have that. Uh, I, I enjoy the notifications that it sends. Uh, so there's always these sort of three uh, phases of an app that you've got to consider. The mm-hmm. notifications that you get from it, which you don't have to be a watch app to get them. Mm-hmm. The glance that it may or may not have. And, of course, the app itself. And so um, I don't use the glance of the Global Mail app, uh, but I have looked at the app itself. Mm-hmm. And again, it's sort of the same problem because what it does is it presents a summary of the top headlines in its in the various sections of the paper, um, but I can't really drill down into them, right? Because mm-hmm. it's on a watch, you know. So, really, only want to uh, if you want to kind of dig into a story, then at that point you're handing off to a phone or an iPad. Right? Mm-hmm. So, again, not sure how useful that app is. It's great that they're there, though, um, and I do enjoy the notifications, but. Um, if an app is going to make it onto my wrist, it has to be immediate and it has to be very useful. And I haven't seen a whole lot of that yet. So if you're a developer and you're thinking about building a watch app, um, there's a very high bar, an extremely high bar in terms of what functionality is going to win you a spot on my wrist. <laughs> just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think once, once you've had a chance to try it, uh, I think you'll find the same thing. Um, and again, just to repeat maybe, or rephrase what I've said, um, because the watch is a pulling-in interaction model, not something you go to and initiate, but something that you respond to when something happens, right? And so you're not going to go there and say, huh, well, I'm just bored sitting here. I think I'll look at uh, the Globe Mail app, you know? Um, That's not something I find myself doing, because if I am actually sitting there, then I'm going to pull out my phone. Right, yeah, yeah. Which, of course, is on me because I've got a watch. <laughs> um, and I'm still waiting for the Globe app to load. Mm-hmm. Oh, they've got a new spinner. I haven't seen that one before. Okay, points made. Uh, let me move on. One of the things I really wanted uh, with the watch to do was to be a, a step counter. There's the whole activity thing uh, related to the watch. It's got all the sensors in it that um, track steps. Um, yeah. 
you know, knows if you're standing up or sitting down. I've really quite enjoyed being told when to stand. Um, mm -hmm. So this, this particularly happens at night if I'm sitting down watching TV um, and it'll ding me and says, it's been an hour. You should really stand up for a minute. And I say, oh, screw you. You don't, you know, bother me. But then mm. I stand up. I stand up anyway, feeling guilty, right? <laughs> and, and then I, I stand up and I feel like I didn't want to stand up. You've made me stand up. And then after I stand up, I actually feel good. Uh -huh. It's weird, but there it is. It feels like, you know, I've, I've blown off the dust bunnies and I'm standing up and I'm moving around a little bit. And the watch made me do that. And that's what? really good, a good thing. Yeah, it's funny. Earlier today, when I was, I got my first stand-up thing, but I was already standing. I found that kind of strange. That's oh, why, really? Yeah. yeah. What was up uh, with that? Right. So. That that happened to me once, mm. um, but that has not been a consistent thing. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, that would drive me nuts uh, because I felt like I, you know, I should have earned that standing already. <laughs> so, have you used the watch at all without without your phone in in proximity? Like, I thought no. I was supposed to be able to jump on the Wi-Fi and do some things. No, I've, I've never, because it's just my, my standard habit is to have my phone in my front left pocket. It's always yeah. there, and I never yeah. take it out. I don't set it on the table. I don't leave it in places. It's yeah, because you, you don't have a, a crotch-breaking six, six plus in your pocket. <laughs> your phrase, not mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there, okay, there's I, that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to not having to pull out my watch or my phone out of my pocket. <laughs> there you because, go. Well, because when you're, when you're sitting, or if you're especially in the car or, or you know, on the subway or whatever, and you, you know, you want to check your, your watch, your, God, <laughs> help us now. The big oh. device, the big, the big square thing. Yes. Um, it's hard to get it out of your pocket sometimes. So, so I, I really did. I did, I, you know, I was, this afternoon I was doing some 3d printing and, you know, people were watching me and I printed a, a charging stand for my Apple watch already. Um, but, um, you know, you know, it was nice to be able to check Twitter and stuff like that without having to stop doing what I was doing. Just, you know, like you said, I was, yes. I wasn't driving a car, but I was working, you know, I was, you know, doing some sculpting with the 3D prints that I'd made and just to be able to glance at my watch the way you do. I mean, you know, the, the whole, it is a very natural thing. If you ever, you know, I wore a watch when I was, since I was six, probably for till, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, Same you know, here. and so having something on your wrist and looking at it and, you know, we've been doing that forever. Right. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, and it's it is very natural. You know, the notification yeah. thing where you know you're just going about your business, and I think in a lot of ways it relieves sort of the anxiety that I think we've built up over the last five or six years. Yeah, since the phones have become part of our lives, of of constantly reaching into your pocket and checking on it to make sure that you you are caught up, as it were. You know, right. yeah, yeah. Because it's easy to miss notifications on your phone, the buzz yeah. or the ding that happens in your pocket, it's easily right. it, it missed. But right. the one that happens on your wrist is much more likely to hit you. Um, and so I know going through the day, or at least I, I would like to know going mm -hmm. through the day, uh, that I have the confidence of knowing that I'm not missing anything. Um, and so I leave the phone in my pocket. You know, I actually leave the phone in my pocket a lot more mm -hmm. than I normally would. Hmm. Uh, and that's a good thing. Well, yeah, it's because you've had the five days to work with it. So yeah. just before we leave notifications, I just want to uh, point out that Jericho, friend of the show, had mentioned that uh, her advice to other developers is if you're using notifications um, to make sure that you're using the iOS 8 style of notifications where you can actually reply or respond. Have you seen any notifications from apps that, that aren't just using the default notifications, Aaron? Like, have you seen any, have you had anywhere you were able to, to reply? Yeah. Or... Twitter, uh, Twitter sent one to me earlier today and I, and I used, like you said, the dictation thing to reply, but I don't think my tweet actually went out from the device. Oh no, I'm not sure. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Um, no, I think everything that I have is uh, is using iOS 8 style notifications. So mm -hmm. what you're saying, Tim, if I'm reading you right, is 
that if you support iOS 8 style notifications, which have the inline action yes, attached yep. to them, right? Yep. Yep. Those actions carry over to the watch as well. Well, so for the first thing I noticed was, you know, we, we fired up one of our the apps that we built and, um, you know, I just wanted to see what a notification, because Greg was telling me about this yesterday. Uh, Greg, he or sometimes host was showing me his watch yesterday um, and we were talking about notifications and, and he said, just if, if an app has a notification, it shows up on the phone, which is, or sorry, if an app has a notification, it shows up on the watch, which is kind of cool. However, if it's not, you know, a, a sort of up-to-date style notification, you just get a dismiss button. Yes, I have seen that. And, I, and for the life of me, I can't remember where at this point. Well, so um, the, 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 Jerrica's advice is if you're a developer, is maybe you want to think about updating your, your apps because, you know, you're going to get your, your app's not going to find a place on Aaron's wrist <laughs> if he's not able to deal with it, right? You're damn right. <laughs> uh I, I i regret though knowing not knowing rather that uh what that is though i i've seen that where i've received notifications and there's only a dismiss button there there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it yeah. um so but that's that's in the minimal minimal cases though in the for the most part the ones i really care about you know when i think about that i think of uh, messages of course iMessage, yeah. and i think about uh, twitter and i'm using again i mentioned twitterific mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which fantastic client i i cannot say enough positive things about it um, and it, of course, gives you the ability to reply um, right on the watch, uh, which I'm I'm not going to do very often unless my response to something is going to be very simple. Um, right, right. But it's uh, it's not a very common situation. I'm almost certainly going to pull up my phone or my iPad, whatever's nearby, uh, and compose a more detailed reply that that couldn't be done by voice. Well, I, I'm testing. I'm sending Jaime a, a little happy face right now on my watch just to, just because I can. Yeah, um, I was I was talking about uh, the activity component of the watch earlier, and yeah. um, one thing that I do that I, I don't know if I've spoken about this before. Uh, I I work from home, and I have a standing desk with a treadmill that I walk on while I work. Really? And true story. And uh, so you're, I, I you're generally just insane. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I am. I've had it for about three years now. This is not news. <laughs> so so you so you have a standing desk, is what you're saying? I do have a standing desk. It's an electric-powered oh. uh, standing desk that uh, sits stand, um, so you can mm. go either way. So um, during the day while I'm working, uh, I have it in standing configuration, and I have a treadmill. It's just a flat treadmill deck uh, made by TreadDesk, and this thing just lets me walk at about two and a half miles per hour. Yes, Sorry, we're, we're going to want but... a link in the show note for that, by the way. Okay, uh, treaddesk.com. Um, and so uh, it's very important, of course, uh, in my, my attempts to lose weight, uh, to track my steps and to know how many calories I've burned in a day. So for, to that end, I actually have a Fitbit in my pocket, yeah. and I've been using that for a couple of years now. Uh-huh. Um, it's not uncommon for me to log uh, fifteen to 20,000 steps a day. Sure. Uh, I was really hoping that my Apple Watch would supersede the need for my Fitbit in my pocket, and unfortunately, it turns out not to be the case. And I, like, can you guess why? <laughs> Because they turned off the the gyroscopy things, or no, whatever. no, no. Because when I'm working at my desk, my hands are on the desk. Oh, right? and it doesn't realize you're moving, and it doesn't realize yeah. I'm walking. Yeah, so right, my right. my the wrist is on the desk, plugging away at my keyboard. Huh. Uh, I you know I get no benefit from the keyboard movement, but there it is. Um, you know, and so I pull out my phone and sync with my Fitbit, and the Fitbit app on my phone shows me how many steps I've taken. Yeah. You know, I did this the other day, just, you know, after a couple hours of walking and it said, here, you've got 9,500 some odd steps. Mm-hmm. And I pull out my, the, the Apple watch and look at the activity. 
and it says you've got uh, 1,000 something steps. Sure. It's off by, you know, a factor of nine. And that is not going to be of any use to me. So that was really disappointing. Um, I, and I, you know, the funny thing is that that activity is, is similar to many cardio activities, uh, say at a gym, you know, when you're on a treadmill, mm-hmm. for example, um, or an elliptical machine, you know, how, how does the Apple watch track those steps? And, um, I don't know, but it sure as heck doesn't work for me at my treadmill desk. And that is super disappointing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, an FYI for anyone who's in a, in a similar situation. Now, next thing. So um, I have a question for okay. you. So the treadmill is like six inches high or whatever, or the treadmill uh, that I have, yes, yeah. six inches. Yeah, sure, give or take. Well, I'm just looking at some. Oh, I say, yeah, I saw some some elusive pictures online, but it looks like they built they built the floor around the treadmill to make it look like yes, it's... yes. They the tread desk offers floor panels that you can build up around your. Uh treadmill yeah that's right. yeah while you're looking at that home page image it looks like it's like flat on the floor yeah i'm like how thick is this thing it's no crazy, yeah, yeah it's it's taller than that huh. um let me see if i can find like you know another picture of it that would uh yeah no there's, they have a i'm looking at their site on their, their yeah so there's a whole bunch of pictures yep sure um great customer service by the way mm-hmm. so um well, the other thing i was gonna say was here uh, pairing Bluetooth headphones. One of the cool things that uh, actually, let me go back and say the first thing that happened that I thought was just amazingly futuristic was taking a phone call on the watch. Yeah. On on Friday, I got it in the afternoon, and then I went to pick up my daughter from school, and mm-hmm. I drove to her school, picked her up, and brought her home. Mm-hmm. And as I was pulling into the driveway, my watch started ringing. <laughs> I didn't even know it did that, and I'm like, "What the hell?" And so, you know, it was like a phone call showed the number, and I didn't recognize the number. And I thought, and and there's an answer button. I thought, oh, well, let's try that then. And I answered it, and a a client of mine was on the phone calling me, and he sounded clear as a bell. And I was talking on the watch. Clear as a bell. It was awesome. It was, it was like, I guess it was like an iPhone speakerphone. Right. Uh, Same sort of quality. It was, which is great. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I spoke to him on the watch. And in fact, like I was just pulling into the driveway, so just as we started talking, so I actually stopped the car, turned it off, got out of the car, you know, got my stuff, walked into the house, mm-hmm. sat on the couch in my office, all the while talking to him on my watch. Hmm. And it worked beautifully, like no problems at all. He didn't notice a thing. It it was amazing. It was just bloody amazing. Well, it's interesting. Like I said, I collected a couple of thoughts from other developers this morning, and and one of the guys just sort of said his first comment was, "When it works, it's magical." Then he said something about it, and then then he closed again with the, "When it works, it's magical," as if you know, bookending that thought, right? Indeed. Well, and that I mean, that's the meat of what I'm talking about here is the non-magical bits. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, it was funny because though after that phone conversation, I sort of got caught on to the notion that I should be able to listen to whatever I like through mm-hmm. the speaker on this watch, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why I was, I was really caught off guard by Overcast, for example. Like, I thought I should be able to listen to podcasts on my watch. Right. But won't let you do that. Same thing with the music app. It's all, yeah, I tried all that earlier today. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I'm gonna, I've got a pair of Bluetooth headphones. I'm going to pair that with my watch, which is definitely something that you should be able to do. Mm-hmm. And, and you go to the preferences, and you set it up, configure it, and it's, it took a while. It was really difficult, actually, to get them connected but i finally did mm-hmm. and then didn't work it just uh... didn't work at all it, it was like airdrop it's just nope <laughs> not happening this is a nokie dokie 
I was, it was just blew my mind. I just could not make this happen. Other people have had no problem with it, obviously. Hmm. Uh, but I wasn't able to get it to work at all. Wow. Very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And these headphones, they work really great with my iPhone um, and my iPad, but uh, not the watch. Hmm. Um, have you tried Hey Siri? No. Okay. So it's, this is turned on my default. So lift the watch to your face and yeah. say, Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Uh, what's the temperature like in Nebraska? Well, yeah. So I, earlier today, I saw the screen said, how can I help you? It sounded a disturbance. Should I take it off that or? No, no. Yeah, it shouldn't matter. Hey Siri, what's uh, tell me a joke? And did did anything happen there uh, at all? What did the cop say to the Apple Watch who oh, was running away? Oh, it actually away? worked. Yeah. Holy shit! What did the <laughs> What did the cop say to the Apple Watch who was running away? Stop, watch. Oh, 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 oh. Hey Siri, tell me a joke. Yep, and just like always, the watch face comes on, and mm-hmm. that's all that happens. Really, for you? Yeah, you know. Almost 90% of the time. Wow. Hey, hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Hey. Ah, here. It's coming on. And now it's taking my voice input. Hey, Eric is coming on now. It's taking my voice input. Hey, Eric is coming. Okay, you get the point. Um, hey, but Siri, it's... send a text message to Aaron Bay. So it is working for you, huh? Maybe I need to restart my watch. Maybe. Uh, because that is very, very inconsistent. But when it works, wow, you know, again, science fiction. You know, you're sitting there watching a movie, and mm-hmm. you're like, who is that guy? And, you you know, so you can ask Siri, you know, who mm-hmm. who stars in name movie, and it'll tell you. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. It's pretty damn uncanny. Hey, look, I just got a phone. Was this you? What's yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah. I should really, like, add you to my contacts so that you come through as Tim Mitra. Um, just a phone number to you? Yeah, just the phone number. But not for long, Tim. Don't sweat it. Tim Mitra. Yeah, there you are. I never had a phone number for you. Oh, really? No, I do. You send yeah. me text messages all the time. Yeah, but to your Apple ID, your email address. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I, have a, I do have a question about that. That whole circle of friends nonsense, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it goes by your favorites, favorites on your... Um, your phone right and uh, so i had to get rid of some so how can i can i add new from from the watch or have to do it from the phone that's actually an excellent question and i don't have an answer to that one because um i've got the same issue right now um i've got well um, there isn't there is ad at on the on the watch app on the phone there is an ad friends thing there oh is there yeah well you've answered my question then mm-hmm. where is it i don't know well it's in the uh, you dig that watch. up and i'll keep talking yeah. um so hey siri you know for me, at least, doesn't ever work, and I, I'm glad to hear that it's maybe just me. I'm going to restart my watch at some point. And we'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of in the same vein, you know, when Siri or Hey Siri does work, it's kind of laggy looking. Um, the UI in certain places gets laggy from time to time. Yeah, um, I noticed when you were talking earlier, I, I turned my, my watch off and I turned it back on again, and, and I was swiping up and down for notifications, and it was like really sluggish. Is that what you yeah. mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and I, I'd go between glances, for example, and you know when. Some glances are loading things at the time, mm-hmm. right? So they just basically show you a loading screen. Um, you can like swipe between those, and it, I've I've seen it where it gets just caught between glance screens. Yes. Um, so there's just got to be you know work to be done. I'm confident that that the OS is going to have updates and it's going to fix these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just optimizations, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, do you want to talk about Force Touch? Uh, Force Touch is such an interesting new mechanism, and if you've uh, never tried it before, 
it's really surprising how beautifully tactile it is. Mm-hmm. You know, try it on a watch face. You just push it on the watch face, and you feel the tap on your wrist and a little vibration. Right. Um, to, to, that's your hint that you've actually activated force touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels, you know, the, I guess the best analogy I can come with is that you're, you're pushing through your watch face. Right. You know, you do a, you do a touch. Oh, I got a sketch. It's my first ever sketch. Wow. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, what did you do for me? Oh, look at that. This is going to be great, Tim. You and I are going to be <laughs> sketch buddies. Um, okay. <laughs> I got the option to block you. I'm going to hold off for that. So hold. So yeah. let's see the force touch thing. You were talking about that earlier. Go ahead. Yeah. So what with force touch, like you, you do the initial touch that you would, you know, uh, uh, do with any touch screen device. Sure. But then, you know, you push down a little mm-hmm. and then you push through. Like it feels like it's almost three stages. Touch, push, and then through for the force touch. Yeah. Um, and that, that sort of very tactile experience with the UI, mm-hmm. I think, is a whole nother level. And I, I love that Apple has done this. Well, um, because, and, because when you, you like I'm, I'm on the watch face now and I, I press tap to wake it up or whatever. And then, yeah. Um, and then if, let me go back. Uh, and then you just. You, you keep pushing through. And yeah, you and, keep and, pushing and, through and then, until it actually. And then you get the taptic touch and it feels like you're pushing through the watch, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's right. what I mean. It's a it's an amazing feeling, an amazing mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but the downside of it, though, is that so many controls lie behind that force touch that you, there's no way for you to know what they are until you actually start force touching everywhere. Right, right. right yeah. uh, which is something yeah. I've taken to doing. You know, like yeah. if, I, if I see a, a UI... And I just wonder what what can I do here? I don't even know. Force touch, and then the the nice thing is that even if there is no force touch action, mm-hmm. you still get the feel of it. Mm-hmm. So you can do a force touch, and there's nothing there, but you still get that action on the screen. So you know that there's nothing there. That's the important thing. It's like, yep, nothing going on here. Hmm. Um, and that happens all over the place too. Again, watch developers need to probably get consistent about this sort of thing. Well, it was interesting that Greg made the same comment earlier today when I was talking to him about this or on the on the notes. He sort of said that for developers, are people going to know about Force Touch? Like, how do you know how we can use Force Touch in our apps or at all? Or What do you mean, programmatically? Yeah, like, like is there, like, what what benefit would we have? It just It's another way of, you know, because right. you can swipe up and down and back and forward and you can push buttons and I guess Force Touch is another interface or well, input mechanism, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, okay, think of it this way. Um, one of the problems that I've had a lot of is um, getting button taps to be accepted. Right. Like, say you're scrolling through a list of messages, you get to the bottom, and there's a reply yeah. button there. Yeah. Or a dismiss button. And mm-hmm. then you want you touch that. And I've, I've seen it happen so many times. You touch mm-hmm. the dismiss button, you see the, the dismiss button change, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't actually actuate. Mm-hmm. And so you hit it again, and you hit it again. And it maybe takes two or three times to actually activate the button. Um, whereas with the force touch buttons, those buttons are much larger, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a maximum of four for the screen, so they take up this you know, very specific real Sorry. estate on your screen. You're distracting me, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but the buttons that you see on force touch are large, round easily tapped targets okay. i've never missed one yet mm-hmm. right and so you know what the uh, when you're developing for ios you see that 44 pixel or 44 point suggested tap target size yes yep. right um 
there's sort of a, you know, I think Apple threw a lot of that out when they designed for the watch. You know, you go to the launch, uh, the springboard in the watch, for example, mm-hmm. where all the mm-hmm. apps are in that mm-hmm. hexagonal sort of pattern. And some of those targets are very small and you can tap them. Um, and I actually haven't had too much trouble doing so. Right. But those buttons are definitely smaller than 44 points, right? Whereas I think, and I'm, I'm speculating here, but the force touch controls that are available are of that size and are far more reliable than any mm-hmm. other control that I touch. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing, of course, being like to get them that big, they have to be in a different mode than the rest of the application, right? Because there's just not enough room on the screen. You can't have, you know, any kind of content showing and also have a button to push, mm-hmm. right? So there has to be another mode that you get into. And that's why Apple made the force touch in order to push through the app to get to the controls. Right. So it makes sense that it's there. It's just, unfortunately, it's got this whole mystery meat thing going on, which makes it really tough to discover. But again, these watch apps, you know, and I'll go back to this again and again and again, they have to be super simple, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or, or else uh, they, they're just never going to make it on the watch. Um, what, do you, what do you think about the remote camera? Yeah, you know, that's a funny one. Just like the music app, right? Yeah. It's a remote control for this thing on your phone. You know, I've, I've played with it, but um, <laughs> how can you use it, right? You know, like you, you think that what it would do is that you'd put the phone down mm-hmm. somewhere, walk away get from the phone. a stand or something like that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but you'd have to get a stand. And, you know, I'm not carrying a stand around, <laughs> you know? So, like, I have to be holding the phone or else the phone's going to fall over. Because it's not the iPhone 4 anymore, right? Yeah. The iPhone 4, you remember that thing, that beauty? Yeah. Uh, it was it had a flat side. You could you could stand it on a table, yep. and then you could walk away from it. Yep. Too bad I didn't have the watch at that point. Well, but... there was an app, actually, that would make it turn around and do 360 uh, panoramas. But they kind of broke that when Apple redesigned the the uh, phone. Right, right. But right. I, I have an example where I could use that. Was uh, it was on Friday. We, we uh, get together and jam with our, our band. And, and uh, just for the sake of science, I decided to periscope a couple of songs right but i had to so we have an ikea you know one of those wooden ikea shelves in the studio and i jammed my phone between the between the shelves like between the the piece of slabs of wood so it would stand up right and then i basically went over and i started up periscope and then went over and started playing with the band and but it would have been kind of cool in that case to be able to start and end a broadcast from my watch periscope people are you listening you know but that would be an example there, like, or if you're doing a group photo or something like that, and you want to get the whole, like, you're at a wedding and you just, you know, prop your phone up on a ledge or something like you yeah, do with a well, camera, and you know, rather than doing the timer and having to run over and get into position, you could actually use your watch and just trigger the shot, right? So agreed, of course, a hundred percent. The problem being, how do you wedge your phone somewhere? Like, I guess that's the trick, right? Well, that's why God invented rocks, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so I just feel like it's just not going to be useful in a lot of circumstances. You know, this, I think the selfie will remain dominant. <laughs> well, it's an interesting thing, though, because when, when the iPad first came out, I remember it didn't have a camera, right? So yeah. uh, there was this ingenious developer who came up with camera A and camera B. And camera A, you put on your, your iPad. And camera B, you put on your, on your, your uh, phone. And you use the iPad as a view screen for your camera. And okay. that was how you were able to take pictures with your iPad. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So Apple stole that idea. They Sherlock that idea too. Wow, dirty, <laughs> dirty bastards.
All right. Well, I think that covers the list of, you know, unfortunate things about the watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually got it. I've already mentioned several of the things I do like about it. I talked about uh, how notifications are great, how phone calls are really great, and text dictation is terrific. Yeah. Um, as long as it works. Uh, I found that reading email was surprisingly pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I enjoy receiving an email on my watch. You know, mm. go ahead and bring it on. Send me an email. Sure. And I've gotten emails that are of some length even, you know. I, really? I received one that was, um, oh, gosh, maybe 500 words. Yeah. And, you know, with the digital crown, no problem, man. Mm-hmm. I'll just sit there and I'll scroll through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's It's great. It works very well. Very comfortable to read on. And, of course, I think a lot of that comes down to the digital crown, but also the San Francisco typeface that Apple created. Uh, to use on this it's very easy to read and it's uh it's really nice good experience um but do also um i think it goes without saying how how lovely this watch is as a physical artifact um you got the space gray right black and space gray the nerd watch no I, I got the i got the developer special developer watch the black watch that i have and I've i've heard that the bands are different that the white band feels a little different than the black one uh, I haven't heard reports about the other watches, uh, the other types of bands, rather. But wearing this watch has been a really lovely experience. Very comfortable. Um, doesn't seem to impair my 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 comfort, I guess you might say, like while typing, for example. Um, the weight is extremely low. Don't notice it very much. Um, it's extremely comfortable, and uh, wearing it has been no problem whatsoever. And uh, I think the black one looks pretty sharp. Uh, Mark, when you order a watch eventually, which one do you plan to get? Is it the black one? Good question. I don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> the, the black link bracelet steel. I know what you're going to Yeah, probably the steel one, I think. Well, I ordered, really I ordered the Space Gray one initially, and um, you know, I, then I got the invite to, to order the, uh, the special developer one and get it like today. So, so I went for that, right? Today's, today right. being the 29th. Yeah. Um, and, and fortunately, I, I didn't have to give up my place in line with my Space Gray because another developer in the city has decided to buy it from me, which is great because then, you know, ah. they're not throwing away a good slot, right? So, I'm sorry, are you selling the black one or the, the black one? one? I'm keeping the, keeping the blue one. You're keeping the blue one. How yeah. do you like it? Well, I, you know, I have to say something like a couple of things I have about the Space, about the, the Fluorolastomer band. Um, it is a, it's an interesting um, material, right? Yes, it very interesting. It doesn't feel rubbery per se. My only concern is is you know the the part where you tuck in the um, the band. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's it, to me that's kind of thin, and I think that maybe that may be a weak point for the watch in terms of where it's gonna where it's gonna the bands are gonna break. I can definitely. I wonder if this band is gonna survive its life cycle. And I'm confused. I'm not sure what you mean by the thin part of like you think. Well, it's you know, a... you know where where it's where from a from a uh, industrial design point of view. Well, the part of the slot where it goes into right. Where you tuck it in, on, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You got the buckle, and on, but on either side, it's, it's like you know. Oh, I see what you mean. It's like an eighth of an inch, or, or not very, or not very thick. And that, right. that to me, that feels to me like the weakest part of the watch, just just by holding it in my hand right now, right. So one one area of concern I have about the the, the band itself, but maybe I I don't know. It's funny. I I looked it over too in my thinking about the band and its longevity, and mm-hmm. it to me it just looks impervious to all the things, you know. <laughs> It it looks like it could take anything, um, yes. but yeah, like ha- having heard you describe that, I I see where you're coming from. I guess if if it caught on anything and some weakness developed in the material, it could probably work out. Well, it kind of it kind of naturally sort of folds there too, and that may be part of the way it was molded. But 
I wondered if the um, I I'd heard that the white one felt different than the black one. Really? Um, yeah. So I don't. I I, I I'm thinking that maybe at, at uh, Taco next week, uh, mm-hmm. if, if I'm right on the timing there, mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna see a few of these Apple Watches and we can feel each other's bands, which is not a euphemism, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, get a sense of uh, how they're different, if at all. Well, I saw Brian's. Brian is wearing a green one, and um, so is and Greg has the blue one like this, but he's got the 38, not the 42. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and actually I got to try the, the space gray one when Felix and I were trying it on, but I was too busy periscoping. I really didn't get a sense of it. But now that I actually have it in my hands, I'm able to sort of fondle it and feel it. You know, it, it is an interesting material, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it really is. Like, and the whole thing overall strikes me as, is, is very rugged. You know, we've seen, uh, sort of, uh, stress tests done, mm-hmm. you know, through videos and things. Oh, on the, uh, on the CNET bands? did one. On the bands? On, on the whole watch. Right. Um, the CNET did this video where this woman uh, put herself, I thought, in grave danger using yeah. a knife and various cleavers and things to wow. whack the watch really? with her hand, like, just centimeters away from it. It scared the hell out no, of me. No, wait, was that the watch or the sport watch? The Apple the sport. sport watch. The, the Consumer Reports uh, report came out about, the, and they tested the strength of the glass and, and the, the sapphire. So uh, have you seen the pictures of people who already smashed their sport watch uh um, what do you call it? So lenses, I guess. The display, yeah. The display, um, yeah. 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 See, I was, it was describing the CNET video where it went through a number of tests, including having a cast iron pan dropped on top of it and smashing the display. But aside from those, I mean, you know, through regular wear and tear, yeah, not having things smashed on top of it, yeah, uh, it seems to hold up very, very well, including underwater. Uh, and immersed in various liquids, including staining ones, uh, right. seems to repel everything. By all accounts, this watch is an incredibly rugged device. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly for Apple, really, it's, you know, because most of their devices have not been known to be terribly rugged. So you've had it for five days now. Have you have you whacked the door frame with it and bumped the car door on it and that kind of no. stuff? No. No, actually, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I haven't been making any particular attempt to be gentle with it. Right. Um, but actually, you know, in its defense, I've been wearing long sleeve sweaters um, pretty much every day up until today, actually. Today's the first day I've worn a short sleeve mm-hmm. shirt, mm-hmm. Uh, what with the temperatures we've been having here. So um, it's it, we haven't had a good test yet. So now that I'm in short sleeves, I'll be swinging my arms freely and whacking things with it, and we'll see how it, how it bears out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's about all I have to say. You know, I've gone through all my notes here. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, I have not seen any third-party apps that really turn me on uh, mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to uh, some innovative work from developers. Uh, unfortunately, I do not believe I'll be one of them because I can't think of anything. But well, I was going to ask you that exact question: Have you have you tried or would you try a build on it yet? No, um, there's not nothing that I. Um, can think of at least. Yeah. You know, I had an idea a while back, you know, I think you may recall from an earlier show, me talking about uh, dictating jot notes and ideas and, mm-hmm. you know, things to remind yourself, uh, you know, especially like at night. Right. Uh, it's impractical to wear this watch at night. Of course, it's got to be charging. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's all for my ideas. And I don't feel it's a particularly strong one. Now, you have your own ideas uh, we've heard about. Uh, what do you think? Well, I, I, you know, I've, I've actually gone through and, and started prototyping an app, and I haven't, I haven't actually tried to build yet. I've only had to watch, you know, for five hours or so. Um, 
I was busy doing other things, but but I've been talking to developers about Slacker. it. Slacker. Like, well, I've been talking to developers about it. So I was talking to Brian Gillum, as you mentioned earlier, and Greg, who both tried doing builds, and you know some of the people in the two Slack groups that I belong to uh, gave me some feedback on their experiences. There's some issues with you know glances are particularly hard to debug, apparently. Um, and there, there, when you do a glance, it's a full you know shot of a of a screen. Um, you know, to sort of give you some information about what's going on. Notifications are relatively simple to do. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I haven't got around to building an app yet or building doing building the app that I was working on to the phone yet. But some of the people are saying that some of the, there are some issues with uh, with um, uh, Xcode, you know, connecting to the, losing connections to the device when you're trying to build. And I think uh, Brian was saying yesterday that when you do a build, when you do a build and run, it installs the app on the phone, and then it also installs the app on the watch. And he said initially, when you the very first build you do of, a, of your watch, it's it's brutally long time to get the uh, the app onto the watch. Mm. Now he was saying when he went down because he was one of the people who went to the to the uh, labs. He said when when they were on those watches, um, he didn't really notice there was much of a lag. So maybe some something's weird about these ones that are shipped out or. Well, until I have an idea worthy of that kind of effort, uh, I'll be safe from that. Uh, maybe not so much you, though, huh? The follow-up I put on there was uh, related to the girl that talked to NS North. I forgot what she had said until uh, I was talking to um, Mark uh, Pavlidis yesterday at um, a meetup about... Until yesterday, we had no idea how much RAM was on the watch or like how much storage space was on the watch and that kind of stuff, you know. And the different things like this, whether it's sapphire or glass or, you know, plastic or ceramic. It's kind of like Apple's totally said, here's the watch, like it. Specs don't matter, is what they're saying. Yeah, specs. And, and that was pretty much what what her, the talk um, was her, uh, Ashley Nielsen Hornstein. That was the beginning of her talk was the fact that, you know, when she was younger and she was more geeky, she, she knew everything about everything. And then, um, but now Apple's got us to the point with their marketing message that we don't need to know the specs of the watch per se, right? Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah. And even like with computers, it seems to matter less and less these days, right? Because, yeah. I mean, the, the specs aren't even improving that much. We talked about that. Uh, so the specs don't seem to matter as much. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the new, uh, yeah, the the new MacBook is, is actually a step backwards in a lot of ways in terms of performance. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, is it though, or is it a step forward from the point of view of the, of the low, the bottom of the food chain, lowest MacBook? You know, because the MacBook has always been the, the consumer level product, right? And then the MacBook Air is kind of a premium consumer level product. Right. Well, it wasn't like that um, up until now because uh, the MacBook Air got. Uh, more economical that it became the mainstream computer. Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I think Apple's uh, reassigning those values now with the MacBook. They're looking at that as uh, the future, really. Um, right. That this is going to be the mainstream as soon as mm -hmm. the prices come down and the uh, the specs improve. Right. 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 Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But <clears throat> for now, um, we're looking at a realignment. But the point I, I think really is that. You know, the specs themselves aren't what the experience is about. It's like how Apple talks about the iPad and the iPhone. You know, right. we talk about memory sizes, but um, uh, they talk about the, C the CPUs because they make them too. Uh, they don't talk about RAM. Yeah. Um, that's about the, the one big thing that they definitely don't mention. But things like bus speed and peripherals attached. And, you know, computers are much simpler now, it seems, than they used to be. And especially as mobile devices become computers. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like yeah. those details don't matter at all. Everything's just one system on a chip. 
you know, and I think <laughs> a, eventually a Mac is going to be a system on a chip. Well, I mean, essentially that's what the watch is. I saw a picture yesterday when I was doing some looking up, uh, waiting for my watch to come, looking at some of the documents and stuff like that. And uh, the picture that Apple has of it is like, you know, a guy pinching the, the logic board between his two fingers and everything's basically connected to the device and then it's all sealed in resin. So there's no bits and pieces to, it's like a single unit, right? And then, then the taptic engine and the screen, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's pretty and the two input devices, the digital crown and the button on the side. Well, the only other thing I think worth talking about is the Microsoft event today. I don't know how authoritative I can be about it, though, because I only have the, the most glancing knowledge of what they released today. Uh, however, it appears that it may be significant stuff. Well, I do. I did have a chance. I saw the announcement go by on, on um, Twitter. Oh, Twitter. And then, and then, of course, the Slack groups lit up. Um, but apparently Visual Code Studio has now been um, released and it runs on OS X, Linux, and Windows. And yeah. apparently you can run, you can do Objective-C in it, you can do uh, whatever it is that you do on Windows seems... in it. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, yeah. actually. That's part of what I'm vague about because I, I got the feeling that there's actually two different things. Mm -hmm. This Visual Studio Code, I had a look at it after it was announced and the links made available for download, it appears to be an editor specifically for web and JavaScript apps. Mm -hmm. It's not for building system applications. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, like ASP.NET, Node.js, TypeScript, and JavaScript mm -hmm. are the supported languages in this IDE. And it's available for Mac, Windows, and Linux. And the idea here is that it's not... I. <laughs> And this is only speculation at this point. I don't fully understand yet. It's not the what you were talking about, Tim. Yeah. The Objective-C coding environment where you can port your apps to Windows 10 oh, from iOS. No, no, yeah. Uh, that appears to be a, a separate effort altogether and um, is either an application like a Visual Studio for the Mac. I don't think so, though. I think it might just be a framework. It's got to be sorted out, right? I mean, it's not always clear exactly what uh, they're talking about when you're seeing a breeze by in your timeline. But it does seem that they've, yes, they've got um, a Mac editor for writing code, but uh, that's going to have limited use to our audience, I should say, especially myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's moreover, it appears that um, that this this Visual Studio Code application is really just a skinned Atom editor. Um, yes, exactly. You're familiar yep. with Adam. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so it's not like they went out and, you know, wrote something from scratch. You know, this yeah. is this is known code. This is like going to be a very familiar application to people that use sure. an existing OS X editor. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know what the, frankly, what the big fuss about this is. I don't know if this is going to, like, change the world at all. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's, that's my two cents on that. Um, now, there is the uh, separate announcement about a framework... Uh, allowing developers of iOS applications to port <laughs> their apps to Windows 10. And Windows 10, just to back up on that, is is a single operating system that is intended to run on desktop, tablet, and mobile, and mm -hmm. presumably someday wearables, <laughs> um, with the same code base, right? Right. This is the, the truly universal applications, right? Mm -hmm. So Microsoft is saying 
that they've got the, the parts to allow iOS developers and Android developers using a separate framework the ability to write their apps and have them run on Windows 10. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I retweeted someone today on Twitter who, who said, you know, it's been four years since we've heard the lie of write once, run everywhere. Um, four years? It's been longer than that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where he's... Uh... <laughs> wasn't that, where Java, he's wasn't that... that Java's uh, thing? Wasn't that Java's oh. promise? Mark? Yeah, it's it's been everyone's problem. I hear that all the time. <laughs> Facebook just made an announcement about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've got. Uh, you think new... of React? Yeah, <laughs> uh, is it Re- I don't know something. I, I didn't look at it too closely because I don't take that stuff too seriously. But uh, indeed, yeah, uh, you still have Cordova out there. You have um, there's another one. I don't know. There's there's lots of them that are still trying to make that make people believe that that's possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, don't, this I don't think Microsoft me, will do any better. No, I'm sure you're right. It reminds me of what BlackBerry did not too long ago when BlackBerry 10 came out. Remember that new platform that yeah. was replacing classic BlackBerry? Sure. And they created an Android runtime environment so that you could run any Android app on your BlackBerry phone. Right, right. And, of course, you know, when a company does that, it's in desperation, right? They They need apps on their platform, and so... When developers aren't building for their platform, they have to be able to offer some sort of emulation environment to allow these other apps. Android's a, a, a no-brainer target, mm-hmm. but it's really telling that Microsoft is going for the iOS developers now. And I don't know how they're doing it. This would be pretty weird. So, how are they doing this? Like, allowing iOS developers to take their code and recompile it for Windows 10, and boom, it works, they say. It's magic. So, yeah. so this uh, this build conference, build twenty fifteen, that's happening in at the Moscone Center in in San Francisco. Is that a Microsoft event or? It is the Microsoft event. The Microsoft. Oh, that explains yeah, why the, why the registration desk has like got three computers on it. It's it's Microsoft's <laughs> annual. It's like their WWDC. Yeah, it's more like their W. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, as it, as is Google's um, I/O event. Sure. So it's all the same stuff. Cool. Um. Yeah, so, um, again, you know, very significant code announcements for Microsoft. It signals a huge change in strategy for that company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they clearly realize that they're in a lot of trouble. I don't know that this is going to do anything, sure. but uh, it's certainly significant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my thinking. Cool. All right, should we wrap up? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's go around the table like we usually do and see if we have any <laughs> picks. And, of course, I know Aaron has no pick. Right? I am just focused on this watch. You should get one, <laughs> Mark. I yeah, I do need to get one. Yeah, reward yourself when you're done with your project. It's funny, Mark and I were were texting earlier today, and and uh, he said to me, I said he said I think you asked me if I had a watch, and I said yeah, I just arrived a couple of hours ago, and and he says well, what do you think of it? I said I don't know, it's still in the box. It's like what do you mean <laughs> it's still in the box? <laughs> yeah. Well, I did watch you're you on busy. Periscope unboxing your thing, Tim. What's all this about potatoes? I don't, I don't get that. I don't get. I don't know. That's the. I guess that's the new fridge thing. I don't know. Yeah. But it was funny because because Mick Mick uh, Pringle of the Ray Wonder Lake uh, Group is one of the few. He's he's the leader of the of our. He's our senior tech guy, and he's the you know the big proponent of watch, and he's one of the few uh, developers who hasn't got a watch yet, and so it's just it's oh. just killing him. So of course you know I sent him a picture of my uh, my uh, shipping box unopened. You know, for him like, to, what are you doing? Yeah, so he's not—he's <laughs> not speaking to me anymore. No. Anyway, um, <laughs> but but then you know, I, I wanted to know if if uh, what what people's thoughts were, and, and Jaime suggested I just uh, unbox it and and show the thinking process because I don't think anybody's uh, managed to 
you know, I, I posted a, a couple of days ago that people should uh, realize if they're going to sync a watch with the device, don't periscope from the device because you can't do both, right? So, Obviously, yes, yes. So I managed to do a periscope today with, with and, and show the whole boring sync process, which took, I guess it took, it took a while, but it probably took longer than I thought it should have. But uh, I guess there's a lot of stuff being sent down to the watch from the phone, right? You were you having some issues uh, with your Apple ID or something like that? Yeah, it didn't. It wouldn't. Didn't like my my password. I couldn't figure that out. And, well, here's another thing too, and maybe this, maybe Aaron might know the answer to this. Is that so? It wanted me to pair my my watch with. I, I'm one of these. I'm one of these original people that have two Apple IDs, one for iCloud and a separate one for the iTunes Store because I had a Mobile Me account before, and then I had an an iTunes account, right? And you know how Apple was is never going to merge the two together, right? Yeah. Um, so my iCloud account uses one uh, uses my older Apple ID, and my um, everyday stuff happens with a new my new Apple ID. So when the watch, uh, when I was going through the process of setting up the watch, it wanted to use my iCloud account, right? Which would have meant that I would get I would be the watch would be useless to me in that case, right? No. So um, I did manage to get the iCloud, but but initial like when it wanted to attach to my Apple ID, I mean it wanted to attach to the iCloud Apple ID, not the not the the one my actual Apple ID that I use to purchase apps and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. I have no idea. If, I have no way of telling now that now that my watch has been set up, which Apple ID thinks it's going to use, right? Ooh, that's just weird. I mean, the messages and all that kind of stuff and, and mail and everything seems to be coming into the right place. But, uh, you know, I haven't figured out where. So, I, you know, again, it's, it's I'm, I may maybe one of those older people. It's funny when I when I talked to um, uh, a develop, developer relations the other day about about this um, special watch that we we're getting from um, from Apple, because the d- delivery times are really weird. I, can I talk about that for a minute? Go for it. Yeah. So so. Um, for those of you who have been following, I got, I was one of the few people who got, you know, the opportunity to enter the lottery, which Eric didn't get. Um, and very many other people didn't get. And, and then I entered it, I entered the lottery and then I was given the opportunity to buy a watch and I had already bought a watch, um, earlier, but mine's not delivering till the middle of May. But this opportunity was to get a watch have, and have it ship out on Tuesday, which theoretically means I get it today, Wednesday. So I did that, but as soon as I placed the order, it said the the Apple Watch that I just you know the blue watch, this, this Apple Sport Aluminum with blue wa- blue band, would deliver in June, right? And I thought, well, what's the where's the benefit of that? So I contacted Apple, the Apple Store, and they said I had to talk to Developer Relations, spoke to them, and of course I've been chatting with a bunch of other people who had the same opportunity, um, and. It wasn't until Monday morning that the, the delivery time started to update. Then it said, at one point it said to me that my watch would be available, uh, it would ship out on the 14th of May, and my other one would be shipping out on the 13th of May. So now I'm going, well, scratching my head, going, okay, how come I don't want two watches per se? What's a, what's a man to do, right? So, But eventually it got around to doing that. But anyway, what I was coming back to with the Apple ID story was that when I spoke to the the guy at the Apple at, at developer relations, he said, "Boy, you have a really old Apple ID." But yeah, so like I, my Apple ID is older than my my iCloud account apparently. Yeah, I have that too. Actually, my Apple ID is not actually an email, which oh really causes issues a lot. Ha. Huh. Yeah, yeah, because it was I I have had it since before you needed it to be an email. So. Oh really? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was telling me from the from when he looked at the actual ID itself. That I guess the number that comes up on their side. I didn't have enough. I didn't have as many digits as other people have apparently. So wow. yeah. Okay, well, I have a pick, and and I'm going to talk about this app that. Um, it's not necessarily being featured on the store or anything like that, but the name of the app is Noodles with an exclamation point. And the reason I'm bringing it up is we were at, um, uh, Greg Keo and I were at a uh, NS Coder meetup here in Toronto. Greg is one of the organizers of it. And it, was, it took place at the FreshBooks office. And um, it was a, co a night of code. And so people got to get up and, and talk about their apps. And, and I knew about this app because uh, one of the hosts was telling me about it. And... Uh, it's an interesting little app. Uh, it's a, it randomly creates a uh, set of um, puzzles. They, it looks like uh, like pipe fitting. Like you've got an end cap, and you've got elbows, and you've got straight pieces, and you've got T's, and you've got Y's, and you just uh, it gives you like a grid, and you tap on the the pieces, and as you tap on them, they rotate around clockwise until they match up and make like a, you know they connect like like pipes would. And um, so there's a random number of puzzles in each level. Uh, I think he said he had a thousand puzzles in this, in the, a thousand um, puzzles in the game. Um, and you basically go through and you connect all these things. And once you create the solution, um, it, 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 you know, congratulates you and you get, you know, from uh, one to five diamonds as a sort of reward, depending on how much, how long it took you. And but what was interesting about the, about the uh, uh, app from our audience perspective is is we asked him about how he built it and he said that he you know built the whole thing completely in swift um and it's a combination similar to i mean i've done this before too and it was a combination of of sprite kit and ui kit um so a lot of the you know the introduction to the game and and the you know the the ward levels and stuff like that are are done in uh, UI kit and yet the, the gameplay the gameplay itself is actually in sprite kits which presented a challenge for him because the, the zero zero coordinate on sprite kit is reversed from UI kit I think UI kits from the top left and sprite kits from the bottom left what no that doesn't make any sense at all yeah no like, it, the the core no, the Mac is bottom left and iOS is top Left. Yeah, so but if you if you play with Sprite Kit, you'll find that it's actually reversed. Yeah. So you have to I know nothing about Sprite Kit. Yeah, so you there have you to go. sort of you have to sort of said you had to trick himself and, and do the calculation and then flip the numbers to make that work, right? And um, and so when he when he was trying to figure out the puzzles too, he also used a, a brute force to basically figure out what the solution was. And he he had one report of uh, uh, a user who had found an an alternate solution to the puzzle that didn't seem to be a winner and. Uh, it was an interesting, interesting app. Um, he soft launched it in Canada, and then eventually now it's available worldwide. So, people want to check it out and try it out. It'd be kind of cool. Well, it's yeah, it's just sort of a, a, how he how he made the game is was kind of interesting. Um, randomly generated puzzles, you know. Some some in some cases he had to to uh, bury the answer in the JSON. But there you go. Anyway, so that's Noodles. So Aaron, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they find you? On Twitter, at Aaron Vay, and at my site, magpievideo.com. And uh, Mark, where can people find you? Mark R at snapsoft.com. Okay, my name is Timitri, I'm T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter, and my website, it-guy.com. And there's more information about us on the outro. Oh, Mark, mm -hmm. guess what we have now? What do we have? We have t-shirts. We do? Yes, we, we, we des I designed a t-shirt, and we put it up on um, uh, Teespring. And uh, so we've got a campaign going for, I guess, another 17, 16 days or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
so people can buy t-shirts and sponsor our show through the swag. And if they're going to WWDC, it'd be really cool if they could wear our shirt to the show. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So I guess we'll see you guys next week. Okay. Bye. All right, take care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There, you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items we talked about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website, or if you can, please write a review on iTunes. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. You can provide as little as a dollar a month. Any amount helps. However, you're free to do as you please. Thanks again for listening. Thirty-seven. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.